Hi, welcome. Welcome to the Wednesday Word for November 17th, 2021. Uh, I'm your host, I'm Ann Hardy, and I have today some wonderful guests who were brave enough to talk about tithing and giving and resources and money, which is what we're talking about today. Um, I have Mike Kearns and his beautiful wife, Peggy, as well as uh, Chris Devereaux. Mike, would you like to introduce yourself and say a little bit about your relationship with Desert Spring, how long you've been around? Hi, I'm Mike Kearns. I've been with the church for approximately five years now since moving to Vegas from the Midwest. Uh, We knew of the church uh, back in 2011 when we had friends that lived here and took Peggy to the church. And when we came back, we were looking for a church home. Uh, I've been was a lifelong Episcopalian. We went to the Episcopalian church here in Summerlin, didn't get the warm, fuzzy feeling, so Peggy said, let's go try uh, Desert Springs, and the rest was history. One of the instrumental things was, I got the warm, fuzzy feeling here, and thank you, Ann, for that, because that that was a a large part due to yourself. Thank you. That's very kind of you. I appreciate it, and uh, it's always my pleasure to welcome in new people. Okay, Peggy, can we a little, you want to say a little bit about yourself? Well, Mike kind of stole everything there. Well, but but, but one of the things he didn't say is uh, he really liked David because he's a Cub fan. Oh, Mike, well, that, yeah. Mike is a huge <laughs> Cub fan, so that kind of sealed the deal on that. But, yes, we were. I had come here twice in probably 2011, 2012, and I really didn't twist his arm but said, let's, let's go try out Desert Spring, and... We really enjoyed it. Uh, the sermons are always awesome and thought-provoking. And so we just decided we needed to get involved in things here. We have moved in our lives. Uh, we've lived in seven states. And so we never really put any roots down anywhere for a church home. And now that we're retired and we're living here in Las Vegas, we decided we needed to put our roots down. And we've been very happy here um, getting involved in different things. Uh, What was most beneficial to us, I think, was the small groups. When we first got here, we joined one of the dinner groups, Mm -hmm. and then another one, and then another one. And Mm -hmm. just this last week, somebody came up to me and said, hey, we haven't seen you in two years. You know, let's get together again. So uh, that was was very nice uh, to have that happen. And, And we have made more friends in church. We got involved with the Northwest Campus. And uh, that was just a really fun project. Yeah. Yeah, well, we appreciate the your involvement and your and your ministries that you've that you've taken part in here, and um, it would be great to have those uh, dinner groups again when we can kind of safely meet and uh, and get together in each other's homes. Those There's were been fun. a number of people that have commented on those groups, so really? yeah, they definitely attract people for sure. It was just great groups. I mean, we did things that we never would have done. Mm-hmm. We went to the the Shelby Museum is one of our things, oh, wow. and we, you know, went to dinner at different places, and it was just a really nice way that people have become our friends from just doing those groups, and that yeah. was good for us because we're actually very introverted. Mm-hmm. You might not realize it today, but <laughs> we're, and so that that gave us a way to meet people. Yeah, great, and Chris, you want to say a little introduction? Yeah, I'm Chris Devereaux. Um, I've been here for a while. <laughs> but uh yeah i do all the tech stuff in the church uh, i run the sound booth and uh and obviously the podcast and it's been great 
No, thank you. Thanks for being here. Um, I am the outreach director for Desert Spring. I work a lot with our online uh, ministries. I do some hosting online. So if you join us online for our Sunday morning worship, I will be hosting and we can uh, connect that way. And I really want to thank Mike and Peggy uh, for coming in for this very difficult uh, conversation um, and topic that we're going to have today. Um, Pastor David, uh, his sermon was Give Often. That was the title of the sermon um, last Sunday. So um, this is Mike and Peggy's first time on our podcast. And so I really appreciate your bravery and you're not backing out and saying, no, 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 no. I wanted to back out of this conversation. (laughs) So the format for our podcast is to read Pastor David's devotional and then stop um, when he asks a question and kind of just discuss our own faith journey in that area. So um, he starts with our uh, first Bible uh, scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 13 through 14. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality. And from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And Pastor David goes on to say, throughout the Bible, we read about the importance of giving. In my sermon last Sunday, I talked about why it is important to give. We are created in the image of a giving God, And we follow Jesus, who gave everything that our lives be better. Giving is central to faithful living. How has giving of your resources impacted your life? It's an interesting question. Peggy, do you want to start? Well, I think part of my work life has always been um, veterans and giving to veterans and, and making sure they have the health resources that they need. But I think um, through that, I've become involved with other organizations involving veterans and uh, giving of money, but mostly time for projects and things. For example, today I'm going to, after we leave here, we're going to go and purchase um, things for a Thanksgiving basket. And mm. then on Sunday we're, afternoon, we're going to be putting together 100 baskets to give to military families. So I think that... Uh, I've tried to do those kinds of things throughout my life. I started out as a Baptist as a kid, and uh, we gave our little pennies and nickels Mm -hmm. into the offering plate every Sunday. And I think we started, uh, they started building that idea of giving even as a a child. And that has continued on throughout, even though we moved around a lot, we still went to church, and we um, tried to always give something to the church to help with their projects. For me here, when, when Sandy Valley was started and the food giving, I'm a dietitian by trade, and so giving food to people when there's a lot of food insecurity here in this valley. Mm-hmm. People may not realize it because of all the abundance from the strip and what people see, and mm-hmm. they think that you know everybody here is rich. Well, it's not true. 
Uh, that was a big one for me, and um, we talked about it, and we gave extra money to assist with that project because that meant that that's a really important project. So that's one of the things I've loved about coming to this church. There's always a project mm -hmm. that uh, you can get behind, and that's with money resources or with time resources. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something we have to uh, remember in our lives that... Uh, you know, it may not always be money that you give different times in your life, but you can give your time uh, and other kinds of resources. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's a conversation about resources um, it includes more than money. Right. Um, includes time and talent um, and a heart. Uh, you know, our, our scripture said uh, God loves a cheerful giver. And so there's lots of ways and to do that, to, to be a giver. Um, Mike, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to say that when I was growing up in the Episcopal Church, it was more like you weren't expected to give. It was more of a demand. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? And, and, and therefore, you really weren't a cheerful giver. And, and I, I went to churches where I did uh, pretty much uh, didn't think that was the way to go because giving should come from your heart. And if you if you can't give 10%, that's fine. Give what you can give. Give it cheerfully. Give time. Uh, give your resources. Uh, hey, I was a, a nurse for 15, 16 years. I gave love, care, and even that type of stuff is, is all important. Uh, it's, it's all part of that 10% uh, tithing that we're expected to give. However, Expected is a bad word. I think it's it should be coming from your heart, not just an expectation. So, that's my two cents. Yeah, I I agree that uh, that well well we we're gonna we'll get there. Yeah, and Chris, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean specifically for this question, how does how does it impact my life? It makes me feel good, first of all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, you know, so so there's a little selfishness in that, <laughs> but um, I I think I kind of I had a little bit of an inside track on this. Um, because I've listened to so many of David's sermons. And what I mean by that is, you know, growing up as a kid, I was not able to give money. So for me, it was never ingrained into me the way that, you know, the way that you describe as a demand, right? It was more of, okay, if you can't give money, what are you going to give? Your time, your effort, your gifts. Um, and so one, one instance, um, when I lived in Texas, even when I wasn't here, we were going to start our website. And we didn't have a whole lot of knowledge around it. Um, and one of the things that I felt called in my giving was to give the, um, not just a, a monetary uh, um, value for the website, but actually get it up and running, uh, get our domains secured, and make sure that nobody had to worry about it in the church. Mm -hmm. So that was my, uh, my giving. It was not a lot yearly in monetary value, but it did take care of an important aspect of the church um, in, in its goal. And so looking at that, um, you know, that's kind of how I started. Now, more recently, I've, I've been giving money uh, starting really during the pandemic. And um, I felt really called to do that. Just, you know, put it on the on the withdrawal, similar to the Har Harper's family. Um, and I think that that's made me feel really good, too, that now I'm contributing a monthly amount um, that I can, you know, the, mm -hmm. the church can expect that from me. So, mm -hmm. you know, kind of going the opposite direction uh, from most people, which is most people think of it as the 10 percent tithe. Um, but I, like I said, that inside track, like it'll, you know, if you can't give that money, give something else. So, I, I, um, 
I felt the same way. Um, you know, when I, my family first started coming to Desert Spring, I had a toddler and an infant, and I was a stay-at-home mom, and we had a young, um, my, my husband was our only income. He's a retail manager. It's not well-known <laughs> for high pay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't have money to give, but I was a stay-at-home mom. So I could come down and I could work in the office or I could fold bulletins or I could volunteer um, in the Sunday school um, when my kids were attending. So, um, and for me, giving the, it's important to give because it makes a statement about my priorities. Um, And David made this point. It's not lip service. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't say that I'm a Christian and then not give something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's, it makes a statement about about living out my faith um, in giving. Yeah. I'd like to expound on something that Chris said when he said that it gives him pleasure to give. I, I totally agree. Uh, and, and this is a little bit childish, but when I give out Christmas gifts, I love to see the look on her face when mm. she opens them up. Uh, yeah. it's, it's a lot better than receiving Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, agreed. Okay, Pastor David goes on uh, and says, one of the ways the Bible talks about giving is through the language of a tithe or giving 10% of what we have. It's easy to misunderstand tithing, thinking God is simply interested in what we do with 10% of our money. God is not only interested in 10% of what we have, God is interested in 100% of what we have. As Christians, 100% of our resources, including money, is is to be invested in serving God. Allow me to explain. We are important to God. God loves us so much that Christ died for us. As such, part of serving God is caring for ourselves, people Christ died for. Likewise, God loves the people in our lives and those for whom we share some responsibility. So part of serving God is caring for the people in our lives. Much of our resources, our time and talents and money, go to the ministry of taking care of ourselves and the people in our lives. The biblical concept of a tithe simply recognizes that while all of us carry responsibilities to care for ourselves and people we are close to, most of us can do more. And the biblical starting point for thinking about doing more is the tithe. Most of us can contribute at least 10% of our income to ministry beyond caring for ourselves and the people for whom we are responsible. This makes sense, and it sounds simple. Where it becomes complicated is knowing what, as Paul says, a fair balance is. When it comes to caring for ourselves, what resources are required? Where is the line beyond which... We are investing too much in ourselves at the expense of what we would otherwise be able to do for others. There is no easy answer to this question, and how the question is answered can be very different depending upon context and station in life. Any thoughts? How much is too much? How much is too little? And what is needed to be able to answer these questions? This is a big one. Mike, you want to start us off? Well, I'm just going to say that the 10% uh, is, when you say to the church itself, I sort of disagree. I think 10% throughout other things that you're working on. So, for instance, uh, 
Peggy and her charities for the veterans. Uh, uh, I work, uh, you know, with her on that. And, and what we give to the goodwill, what we give to uh, Safe Nest. So all that comes into that 10%. So I think it's what you, what in your heart you want to give. If it's 9.2%, that's what it is. If it's, if it's 2%, that's what it is. Uh, so it's, it's all what makes you feel comfortable. And again, giving is not just the money portion, it's the, it's the time portion. So we, uh, we give time to other things as well. Uh, I, I work with Masons on some projects and, and with Shriners on the children's uh, hospital projects and, and raising money for them as well. So it's all what your, what your comfort level is. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, any thoughts uh, on that? I think uh, it's a deeply personal thing. I, I mean, each year when, when it comes time for our, our new pledge, we sit down and talk about, okay, uh, I really agree with the station in life. I mean, we retired two years ago, so we needed kind of a year to go, hmm, what's going to happen now? We're, we're not working. What's, what, how's this going to work out? And so we sat and talked about, you know, what we could give out of uh, our income. And it's turned out that um, we saved well. Uh, over the years, and we're able to do uh, m more than we thought we would be able to do. So, like I said, each year we look at it and we raise it a little bit more, and we raise it a little bit more. Um, and I think that's probably uh, the best way to look at it: mm -hmm. is is how can I give um, and still take care of my family, mm -hmm. take care mm -hmm. of uh, those kind of things, because um, we want to be able to help those who are having troubles and you know when we have different campaigns here for the food bank or you know sandy valley or whatever uh we always try to participate extra in those because uh, there are these needs that are out there for mm -hmm. people and i think that makes us feel good as christians to uh, be able to give that money and help with that and a lot of times we look at each other and we go, well, we can't take it with us, so uh, let's give it <laughs> let's give it to this or give it to that and uh, uh, help somebody that needs a little help along the way. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And, and we also have the uh, the station of life that we do not have children. So you know, when when we go, it's going to nieces and nephews and. Uh, Personally, uh, I'm going to tell you the same thing I told uh, my mom when she asked, how much do you think I should uh, give to you when I die? And I said, zero. You should spend every dime of it yeah, you right. can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, when when the church calls or when, when the charity calls, it, it's basically what's in your heart to, to give. I mean, when, when we had COVID come up and David asked uh, for people to uh, think about that, we prayerfully thought about that, and you know, we increased our our tithe at that point. Uh, we're likely to increase our tithe this next year because uh, we are doing a lot better than we thought we were going to do. When you went into retirement, as Peggy said, we were a little nervous. It's like we know we were drawing pretty good paychecks, but we weren't sure if we were going to continue drawing good paychecks. But we are among the lucky, so. As among the lucky, I feel like it is our responsibility to share that. Right, and the Bible does say, right, for those who were given much, much is expected. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, any thoughts on this, Chris? What's too much? What's fair? Well, I do, 
I love that practice that, you know, the practice of kind of uh, reevaluating not just your finances, but um, kind of, you know, what you can give and what fits in with that. Like it says that balance of life. Um, I think that's just a great thing to do. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that Pastor David frames our care of our family and for those we're responsible for as a ministry. Um, I have a ministry to my adult children. I have a ministry to my husband, a ministry to myself. Um, we have pets. We have a church. You know, he has employees. And um, I love that that we can think of our lives as being in ministry. And it's in that way that God is concerned about 100% um, and not just the 10% that we're writing a check to the church. Mm-hmm. Um well, and look it, at, for instance, your husband, right? He, he's in a, a management retail position where he's interacting with lots of young people, lots of people within his industry. And, you know, his his ministry can also be inviting people to church rather than, that's correct. you know, necessarily giving more money. If you can't give more money, then, you know, look at more time, more effort, other parts of your life that you can give. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And and he does he does see ministry opportunities right. in his church. Um so, so he is, he is, uh, thinking about ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and David goes on and says, likewise, caring for people in our lives is part of our ministry. I have a large family and God expects me to use some of my resources to care for them in a way consistent with them being beloved children of God. So how much of the resources God has entrusted to me rightfully belong to my family and their care? There is no easy answer to this question either. And again, how the question is answered can be very different depending upon context and family situations and needs. How can we know where the line is beyond which we are investing resources into people close to us at the expense of ministries we could be doing beyond our families? The biblical understanding of a tithe is a big help when it comes to wrestling with these questions. So too are St. Paul's words in 2 Corinthians when he reminds us to maintain a fair balance. Don't give at the expense of meeting your needs or the needs of your family. Recognize that when all of us give, there are resources available to, for everyone to have what they need. So I'm going to circle back to that question that was asked in the middle of the paragraph there. And Chris, maybe you can start us off. How can we know where the line is beyond which we are investing resources into people close to us at the expense of ministries we could be doing beyond our families? It's almost like a trick question, right? It, obviously, there's a, a real life balance between you know, taking care of your family and giving all that you can to God. But the point of this, I think, is to make you question and reevaluate your consumption, your needs, your wants, and if you can be a better steward in your Christian walk. Everybody is in a different different place in their life, um, either you know financially or um, emotionally, or even in just in their walk with Christ. If you're you know someone who grew up with, with in the church versus someone who kind of came to the church later in life, you might not be in a position where either tithing is important to you or um, you recognize the importance of that. Um, but, but I think kind of, like you said, that practice of reevaluating, um, and always recognizing that you, you can give more. It's just how to balance that within it. Mm -hmm. 
Right. And I, and I think that we can um, pray mm-hmm. for insight. We can ask for God's direction um, on how much to uh, give. Um, and I also think, for me at least, it's easy for me to recognize excess in myself. So if I make a purchase and I'm not feeling good <laughs> about it. Was it on sale? Um, (laughs) I can, I can, that's for me is a, is a red flag. Mm -hmm. If I don't feel good about what I just did, I was impulsive. It was in the moment. I was pretty shiny thing I wanted and I went for it, you know, and I don't feel good about that. That's an ear, you know, that's a red flag. Maybe that money could have been better spent mm-hmm. more wisely spent what what do you think peggy well i think that's i think you're right uh i like the what chris said too about evaluating and figuring out where you are in life because you know if you're raising a young family and you have all these things you got to balance that out with their needs their clothes their school their getting ready for college you know all of those things uh to then make your decision about what you're going to do with giving to the to the church i I I know in our married life we've whenever we've been going regularly to a church we've given we've given to the church it's changed over the years I think it's changed over the years for us now as as I said before we evaluated what we were doing and we have a lot of time now that we can mm-hmm. give to things and so we're looking for projects to do and and things to get involved in and we have our fingers in a lot of little different things mm-hmm. but but uh, in fact, I think I'm busier now than when I was working. Yeah. Yeah. It works like that sometimes. Honestly, huh? I would just. I some days we look say, at our calendar. Be careful what you ask there. For there. Yeah. Dave listens to this. He'll yeah. hopefully put you to work. <laughs> right. Good point. It's a good point too, though, because yeah. sometimes your time, ten percent of your time, yeah. might be worth more than ten percent of your money. You know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> depends Especially on... depends on the project yeah, and, exactly. and what you want to mm-hmm. what you want to give to that. And sometimes you get yourself in over your head. But yep. um, I think that families need to consider, you know, not being over their head with their money uh, and maybe looking at other things they can do for the church, like helping with the daycare or Sunday school or those kinds of things that um, aren't monetary, but they really are mm-hmm. because you're, mm-hmm. you're helping out others in the church. And um, I really like the idea in this, this devotional about your families and your friends and things being a ministry. Absolutely. I hadn't ever thought of it like that, but it is true. You know, we have a friend right now, uh, somebody we know who's going into hospice. You know, that's that's a ministry right there to um, pray for them and you know, do that. And I had just never thought of that as another way that you're you're giving back mm-hmm. to people. Right. And and I think um, as we move through the rest of the devotional, um, we're going to shine some light on you know, how we can frame out those and know who is our, in our ministry and, and who, you know, is maybe in someone else's. So Mike, did you have a, did you have some insight there? Well, uh, when Peggy says the evaluation of where we're at in our life station, we're, we're kind of in our life station now where we're nearing the end of our life. Hopefully not for another 20 years or so, (laughs) but but it, but it's the back it's, half. It, it, you know, at this point, we're we're looking at our mortality too, and what are we going to do with what we do have be, b- 
before we go? Are, you know, we're going to spend it wisely? Are we going to spend it uh, thoughtfully? Or are we just going to go out and buy a new Mercedes something? Uh, how much do we want to give to certain things after we die? Uh, I know I'm giving 10000 to the uh, Children's Hospital, Shriners Children's Hospital. Uh, when I go, that's, that's part of my uh, wishes for the end of my life. But, you know, we have to start thinking, you know, what are we going to do with the, the, the wealth that we have accumulated through life? Uh, uh, so it, it, it factors into your decision making when it comes to actually thinking about a tithe for the church. Mm -hmm. I, I think you're absolutely right. And, and the church does have an endowment team um, that handles these kinds of questions about, you know, what do you want your long-term um, giving to be and, and, and continuing your ministry and your reach beyond um, when you pass. So it, it's a great question and it's something that, that we should be thinking about, I think. Um, Pastor David says, when it comes to, to deciding to give, it's important to remember that the church is God's chosen way to be at work in this world. When the church is faithful in carrying out its purpose, people's lives are transformed. Why do you give to Desert Spring? Why do you give to Desert Spring, Mike? I give to Desert Springs, honestly, because Desert Springs gives back to other things. Desert Springs has the different type of Christmases. Mm -hmm. Desert Springs is working with the new outreach center here. Desert Springs is working with the folks out in Sandy Valley, bringing them food and needs out there. They're, they're, they're not taking the money that we're giving to the church and keeping it within the church. They're spreading their love into the community. Absolutely. I think different kind of Christmas is, is one for me, for sure. I think that's uh, unique in the area and, and the fact that we've been able to give so generously to various you know programs has been really impactful. Let me explain a little bit about what different kind of Christmas is. Desert Spring Church does not keep our Christmas Eve offering, which, it must, correct me if I'm mistaken, Chris, that is our largest offering of, of the year. Um, and we do not keep any of that offering. Um, that we pick projects um, that we want to help in our community and worldwide. And Pastor David will be announcing this Sunday about what our 2021 different kind of Christmas projects are. And they're very worthwhile and global as well as local. So, um, I am very proud to be part of a church that gives away its largest offering each year. And that's that's different kind of Christmas. Um, and you know what I like about it, though, too, is sometimes it isn't. Um, there's been a couple of years, at least. Correct me if, if I'm wrong now, um, that we've been able to give uh, or, or offer something that also people can give other time. Because we've done a couple where even if it wasn't a monetary value, you were able to give. Um, uh, remind me now, which I'm trying to look yeah, at the poster uh, over yeah. here. Yeah, Habitat for Humanity. Habitat for Humanity, we built a house. Um, and Spread the Word Nevada. Spread we were very Nevada. intentional about picking those ministries because of their ability to handle a large influx of volunteers. Mm -hmm. um, so not only were they able to uh, successfully handle a large 
amount of money, but but a large amount of volunteers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, this year is going to be obviously a little bit different because it's a difficult during the pandemic to send large amounts of volunteers anywhere. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward. Stay to, tuned. Yeah, I'm looking <laughs> forward to Pastor David's uh, announcement on Sunday. Um, Peggy, why why do you give to Desert Spring? Well, I think this for the similar reasons to what Mike said is the outreach programs that we have here. I don't think in any of the churches we belong to in our travels, there's been this much that everybody knows about and every you know you can participate in. And I don't, I don't think I've, I've experienced that uh, in my church life really. And I have to say, the first uh, Christmas project was veterans. So that mm-hmm. that kind of hooked me That's in there. The deal for that hooked me <laughs> yeah. in there. And so every year we're always excited to see who, who are they going to do this year? Who are they going to do yeah. this year? Uh, because I think these organizations now really uh, need um, help. Yeah. I have found through the board that I sit on, um, it's called Veterans Life Services. Uh, people just the companies can't give like they used to no. give. And so it's, it's, it's more difficult to find those resources to uh, be able to take care of caregivers of wounded veterans and any, any subject you can think of mm-hmm. uh, that the companies just aren't giving the money they used to give. So that even becomes more important for us to support the things that the church uh, is able to get us out and do yeah. and, and give resources to that. Yeah. Yeah, and and I agree, and I give to Desert Spring because um, God says that you know local church is is the way to be involved in the world. Um, but I would not give to Desert Spring if we were not good stewards of the money that was given to us. And so I feel good knowing that you know my money is going to my church family as well as my local community as well as global globally. Um, uh, so I feel good knowing that I can give and it, and the money is being used wisely. That's a good point. Yeah. As John Wesley once said, earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can. How do you understand these words? For me, this is Pastor David, for me, Wesley's words remind me of the balance St. Paul spoke of. There's nothing wrong with earning as much as we can. The key is in spending only what is needed to care for ourselves and our family, to have resources we can give to ministries beyond ourselves. I like to think of my giving as drawing the circle of care beyond myself and my family to include others. And I can draw that circle of care at least 10% bigger. How about you? So um, I'd like to um, first talk about John Wesley's words, um, earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can. How does that, how do you understand, Mike, those those words? Well, I'm going to go back to when I was a kid and my parents weren't as well off as, uh, you know, as they ended up being. Uh, My dad and my mom worked really hard. Uh, My mom worked hard taking care of five children, three of which were boys, and we were not so good to take care of. (laughs) A handful. So we were a handful. So they worked very hard, but they also, they they gave us a roof, they gave us food, they gave us a a 
church upbringing, so we learn to uh, to love God, love Jesus, and you know, they spent what they had to spend for us at their sacrifice often. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that uh, when my dad retired, he wanted to do a lot of things, and he ended up not being able to do them because of health reasons, uh, but it was always about doing the best for you, for your family, and I think uh, from a church stand, family standpoint, do the best you can for your church family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Peggy, um, how do you understand John Wesley's words of earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can? I think it goes back to when Chris said about balance. You know, how, how do you balance all of the things in your life and your resources? Mm -hmm. And to be a responsible steward, you know, you got to take care of yourself. You got to make sure you have some resources in case of trouble. Mm -hmm. And then what is left, you give out to the community to help others who maybe are having a hard time that are, you know, hit a bad health situation mm -hmm. or lost a job or whatever. And, and I think that's the reason we, we give is because through the church uh, is because uh, we know where it's going to go. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, mm -hmm. sometimes when you donate to things, you don't always not quite no. know. Uh, I was a federal worker for 37 years, and we had combined federal campaign. And I always read the thing very carefully about how much money went to administration That's and right. how much money actually goes to the participants of the program. Right. Um, and some of it is uh, not good. No. Uh, and no, so you, this I like because I know where it's going. That's right. That's right. And... Uh, um, speaking of that, um, the, the United Methodist Church has um, our disaster branch called UMCOR, U-M-C-O-R, is the United Methodist Committee on Relief. And 100% of your donations to UMCOR goes to the disaster victims. And it's because we already have this infrastructure in place, we can do that. We don't have to spend money on administration of the funds. We can just give the funds. Uh, here we are to this idea of care circles. Um, and David says that he can draw his circle of care 10% bigger. Um, Chris, what do you think about this idea of a care circle? I really like it. I mean, you know, David is good at bringing kind of visualizations or kind of an outside perspective that at least for me I'm always like oh that's that's a great way to think of it um, and it kind of um, you know releases me of my own thoughts sometimes where I can, you know <laughs> right. where sometimes I can get into my own um, right. you know right. perception of something and it can you can look at it from a different perspective I guess um, and even when we were in staff you know he he brought up the idea that um, you know, part of his ministry was adopting the three little, I say little, but they're, you know, teenagers now. Um, but that now, you know, that's not really part of his ministry because they are family. Right. And so now he can reevaluate, okay, um, you know, can, can money served within the family serve other people outside the family? Um, but I like this idea of not necessarily um, giving more just as a percentage of your salary or what you make on an annual basis, but, you know, drawing that circle 10% bigger. And really what that is saying is you're not giving away 10%, you're gaining 10%. You know? Oh, wow. You're making that yeah. percentage bigger because of, of what you are able to give. That's, that's very interesting. I, I like that take, that take on it. Yeah. What do you think, Peggy? I, I agree. We've been trying to expand our circle since we moved here. 
and uh, we've gotten involved in different things that we've talked about already, and, and how can we keep giving to those things uh, a little bit more and a little bit more. Right. So I, I agree. I read this last part and said, oh, that's really yeah. very interesting. It's a, yeah, it's it's a, a great visual, mm -hmm. expanding your circle of care. Yep. Yeah. Mike, any insight on that? Again, it's just uh, doing a little bit more. I mean, uh, we, we decided we were going to be ushers for the church, and that's just giving a little bit of a greeting, give a little bit of love, give a, give a fist tap uh, to folks coming in, give a smile. All of that is part of giving, and that, that makes your circle a little bit bigger and makes your heart feel good. Mm -hmm. That's right, yeah. I, I absolutely agree. Um, and and I, I, a theme that I've kind of heard running through this discussion that we've had is a constant reevaluation um, so that you're thinking about as these opportunities come up more than once a year, we are in stewardship season, but more than once a year, maybe we need to prayerfully um, ask what is ours to do and how can I draw my circle with with more regularity than just once a year um, I think that's a that's a great thing to keep in mind all right why don't we uh, why don't we close in prayer Heavenly Father we want to do what you have given us to do please give us the insight to know what is ours and as we care for our loved ones and ourselves, give us the, your direction and tell us what we need to spend and what we need to do and how to give of our times and talent for your kingdom. We want to be faithful in this and we want to be faithful in everything. And we need your help to do that. We, we don't want to rely on our earthly understanding of tithing and resources. We, we need your help. So please help us to understand this in a, in a biblical way, in a Christian manner, and help us to bless those who are listening to this podcast. Um, we appreciate everyone especially Mike and Peggy and Chris who've given of their time today for our benefit. And we ask for your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen.